Hello. Hi, John. Hi, Merlin. Happy New Year. Hey, Happy hey. New Year. Ding, oh, ding, ding, ding. Oh, my God. Whew, I'm still, it's just the holiday season is really taking I'm it out I'm even going to get my me. bell. Oh, ding, 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 so ding, much ding. blowback for that Moana costume. I made that too was many a lot of emails. The, too many remarks about the Virgin Mary. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, and, then, then, and then an angry baby claiming to be God came after me. An, an angry, cold baby, <laughs> but warmed from inside, warmed from inside by the fact that it's God. His righteous wrath. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, as with our uh, our Christmas episode from uh, the the week before this one, <laughs> right? We're right. pre-recording this, uh, and we're here to wish you a happy uh, 2018 from the oh, past. Oh, it's going to be a good year. Do you think? Do you, do you really think? Well, you remember at the end of 2016. Yeah, I got real cocky uh, around 2016. I was like, oh yeah, this is finally, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we were like, when will this year be over? This mm-hmm. is the worst year in history. 2016 is the worst year in history, even though probably not as bad as 1915 or 1918 when an mm. influenza or 1919, when an influenza epidemic went around the world and killed millions of people. But no, 2016 well, a lot of people even didn't worse. Love 1939. That's a bad year. Well, right? you know, you get, for, was, let's say you go June 39 to June 40. <laughs> You know, a lot of shit went down. <laughs> uh, 1848 was an interesting year. Uh, like a half a dozen European revolutions uh, deposed uh, like a bunch of royal families. Oh, that was the Europe Spring. That was, uh, that, was that was Europe Spring number one. That was a bad year. Um, uh, 1968 uh, was definitely a weird year. That was a crazy. That's, year. I think even these kids today they don't know from weird. It's you'll never get your head around like oh oh you got uh, 1865 you got April 1865 certainly tough year yep, tough yep, year yep, yep, you got April t- tough, April tough 1945 moments. a lot happened in that one month but no I yeah I think 68 is going to like pound for pound in terms of like really looking at how people's knobs were calibrated at that time uh, 1968 was fucked up. Yeah, going into 1968 and coming out of 1968, we're talking about two different worlds. Yeah. Right? Well, and from Magical Mystery Tour to the White Album. Right. Well, and also, I was born in that year. So you go from pre John to post John. <sighs> the breed of cat that my daughter would like to get, that I have no intention of getting, uh, became acknowledged as a breed in my lifetime, 1967. It's some kind of big cat, right? Tall cat? It looks like a cartoon. If you look up uh, exotics space cat, try that. Yeah. Okay. It's called, it's called an exotic. Right. And I was like, honey, there's no such cat as an exotic. What are you talking about? She's like, no, that's called... the name? Yeah. Exotics is the breed of cat. Exotic. It's, it's kind of like, I mean, I know I'll get this wrong. Cat. Don't email me. It's kind of like a short haired Persian, basically. But look oh at those my eyes. God. What that face? Look at that face. Look at those eyes. That's one of those fake cat faces. That's not a real thing. I know. I know. That's why it took uh, so you, long to get acknowledged. You know, uh, you know that the cat that we are, um, that we're trying to get is a, uh, is a Norwegian forest cat. Hmm. Have you Norwegian ever seen a... Norwegian forest cat. Just look at the plumage. Norwegian yeah. forest cat. Okay. Look at a Norwegian oh, forest cat. Oh, that looks like a cat you don't want to mess with. It's, it's kind of a, a little bit of a black metal cat. Have you ever seen Norwegian? So put in Norwegian forest cat chases fox. Oh, yeah. Oh, look at that. Oh, wow. It can keep up yeah. with a fox? It Not only that, it can hunt a fox. I mean, look at those foxes. They're terrified. They're terrified. Look at the ears are back. Oh, my God. Look at the picture. Do you see down a little bit in the image uh, images yes, of yes. a woman holding a Norwegian forest cat it's, upside down oh, in her arms? Oh, it's like a Maine Coon. This is big. Yeah, it's <gasps> a big cat. I didn't realize it was that big. Our cat weighs six yeah. pounds. No, that cat weighs 50 pounds. Oh, my God. <sighs> yeah, it's enormous. And it's a fox, it's a fox killer. Mm. Um, it's as big as a dog. And so in our family, there is a desire to own one of these animals. Mm. Um, my mom says that she is the one who's going to buy the cat, so I get no say in what the cat is or does. Wait, wait, hang on, hang on. Your your mom is going to acquire a cat of her choosing for your household? 
My mom feels like, A, this is a, the, one of the amazing things about a Norwegian forest cat is it is a hypoallergenic cat. Which is the opposite also, of what it sounds like. That means you don't get allergies to it. That's right. You're not allergic to it because okay. it has... because it's got no it dander. has dander. It has no dander, and I think the fur is like the fur of a, of a lion. Hmm. Um, and the cat... So, so I'm like, well, I feel like the forest cat should be... And my mom is like, you don't get to say. Ooh. So, but the, somehow the Norwegian forest cat has not arrived on the scene yet. And so, and I'm pro Norwegian forest cat. Mm -hmm. I just feel like I want a little bit, uh, more to do with it, but no, sorry, not, that's not part of my purview. Do you have any way to practice by interacting with this kind of cat and seeing how you feel about its mojo? I get, well, so look at their faces in the, these photographs. They're very dignified. They, they are. Uh, they're, they have a lot of dignity. They are. I think they are largely beautiful. <laughs> it's faced. kind of the opposite in some ways of the cat my daughter wants. <laughs> exactly. The I mean, cat even your when daughter these things wants, are cute, they have a leonine quality. Yeah. Your, your daughter's cat does not seem like it could survive outside. No. These cats feel like if they do deign to come inside, right. they come inside only to walk around and basically like sit on everything to make sure you know that they are the owner. They're like a biker and then they gang. Go, They're just going to come in and take whatever they want because they can. And I really approve of that. Mm -hmm. I feel like there's no possible way I will not really get along with this Boy, cat. I could see you sitting on a throne petting one of these. And I also feel like no matter who claims to own this cat, this mm -hmm. cat will claim me as its owner. Hmm. And so it will want to interact primarily with me. Oh, I'm sending you one I really like. <clears throat> it's one of it out in the snow. Look at that. Looking particularly, like, furry. Look at that thing. And I think that there is also a Siberian version of the Norwegian forest cat. Huh. Oh, yeah. See, look at that cat. Come on. That's a good-looking cat. On. That's that very cat is good. As, it's as big as an owl, and it has paws like a catcher's mitt. And it's got the bearing of a gargoyle. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's and a just serious like, business. I mean, that's the kind of cat that would keep varmints out of your yard just by energy. Mm. The varmints would come within 100 meters of your house, and they'd be like, hmm, I feel like I'm going to take the long way today. Mm -hmm. All right. So you're not, on principle, you're not against your mother's decision that this is a kind of animal that's going to live in your home. No, I am not against and she's, it. And is she also in charge of, am I getting that she's also in charge of acquiring it? Yes. Uh, <laughs> but the the thing about... It is that these are now some kind of prized breed where if you want to buy one, you have to pay $700 or something. I and bet it's more than that. That's, well, what it, I think $700 is what you get for a neutered uh, and decrepit one. Oh, like a, been, like a factory second. Yeah, like something that's already hunted a bunch of foxes and has lost an ear. And I'm like, look, if we're going to get one of these things, I yeah. want to get a breeding one. Get a fresh one. And my mom's, I want to get a kitten that's going to be like a, that I'm going to put out to stud. And she says, I don't even think that you can get one that isn't neutered because they want to reserve the, they don't want to water down the breed. They're trying by, to constrain the, uh, the supply. Yeah. They don't want like just some normal out there with a, with a breeding cat. So, and I just feel like. Who are they? If you're gonna, Who are they? Well, Is it a big cat? That, I think it's a. I think it's the people, the mm -hmm. people that have decided. Just like there are people that go to their local uh, Democratic Party district meeting once a month to use Robert's Rules of Order on one another. Mm -hmm. Just how those people that you would think are crazy train set people that just ended up instead of having train sets or shortwave radios, they go to Democratic Party meetings. You think, oh, these people are nuts. And then when it comes time to nominate and elect a candidate to public office, right. turns out they're the ones. Hmm. They are like, they actually accrue power to themselves because nobody else cares enough. Huh. Uh, and so it ends up that they run the Democratic Party. And there are Republicans <sighs> doing the same thing elsewhere. Hmm. And these are the people that are running the Democratic Party of cats. of Norwegian, Norwegian forest cats. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <clears throat> but she's this is something she's monitoring on a regular basis. I think so. Mm -hmm. I think that she the, she has dropped it recently because she decided she needed a new couch. 
Okay. And so we've been going to couch stores, looking at couches. Mm-hmm. And I'm the same as you. I've been saying, do not get a couch that's out of scale. Mm-mm. I don't want a couch that looks like it's full of dander. And I'm not, this isn't a couch for me, but I'm like, I'm, this is a couch for you, but I do not want you to get the wrong couch. Mm-hmm. So, so the it's two really of us embarrassing. Are going, it's embarrassing to see somebody with the wrong bad. couch. It's bad. You don't want a couch that you sink into. You might, have, a, you might have said this already and I'm spacing it, but w- w- now what's your, what's your daughter's feeling on a cat? What does she want? <sighs> I mean, has she been, I, I might have spaced this, but has she been asking for a cat a lot? No, fortunately for me, here are the things that that I used to be afraid of that have not come to pass. Okay. She has never pestered about a pet. She said periodically that she wants a pet. But she drops it immediately. But she doesn't have never... like a mood board of all the same breed of cat and she cries that she doesn't have one. No, she okay. doesn't want a pony, <laughs> she doesn't want a dog. She's just fine with mm-hmm. not having a pet. If someone brings up a pet, she's not she's not against it. Mm-hmm. But never I get pestered about a, a, a pet. And I get pestered about a lot of things. I get pestered about a little baby brother or a little baby sister all the freaking time. Oh, no. Really? Really, really, really wants a sibling. So, like, she thinks about it when she's by herself. Like, it's, it's a thing. Yeah. And okay. I keep saying, like, by the time the sibling arrives, you're going to be like nine. Yeah, you don't. If like I was able to manage it, and she's like, baby sister, baby brother, it's all she cares about. And I think what she thinks she's going to get is a five year old. And I'm like, no, it would be a baby. You'd have to do like you'd have to. We would press you into service, my dear. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, but I think that she just has it in her. She wants one. She wants to care for a baby. She, she. Uh, so I get pestered about that. But the other thing that I worried about for years was screen time. You know, we're all talk we're all told screen time, screen time, screen time. Right. Oh, you gotta limit their screen time. Yep. And she has almost zero screen time and never pesters. She doesn't want a gizmo. She never is like I want to watch TV. She never says, I mean, she does like to watch every once in a while. We have some exercises that she does. And if she is doing them, she wants to watch a video. Okay. But uh, the exercises like physical fitness exercises. Yeah. Well, physical therapy. Uh Uh-huh. And we have videos that she watches, and they are videos that she's watched for a long time. It's not like they're new ones. She doesn't want to watch. Oh, except recently she has wanted to see... Um, she's wanted to watch Singing in the Rain. Oh, that's a great movie. My daughter loves that movie. Yeah, so that's she a wants very to good watch. Movie. It's a great movie, and she wants to watch tap dancing, and she wants to watch people dancing in the rain. Oh, one nice. person in particular. Hmm. Um, Gene, Gene Kelly. That's right. Okay. All right. All right. She wants to watch Gene Kelly dance in, in the, the rain. rain. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she also, you know, she has these videos that she watches. But but there's never been a moment where she has come home and I, I and I know all of her classmates all have a million things, all the little uh, little characters and, and you know like Lego Movie and her best friend uh, ha- from the time she was two years old was watching like three Disney movies a day. Yeah, like. well, that was that used to be a bit of a thing. Where you would yeah. just put in Pinocchio every afternoon. It's just a thing you would do. Yeah. Well, and I think I think her little best pal would watch Pinocchio and then either watch it again uh-huh. or watch uh, watch Frozen over and over and over and over and over. But she just doesn't show any interest in it. So she just interesting. never. She never says why don't I have a. She never says why doesn't Daddy own a TV. Um, she never says why don't I have my own iPad pod. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. She doesn't ever say, I wish I could watch Frozen right now. She just doesn't. And so this year, my mom had an old iPhone. And she said, what if I, what if I cleaned the iPhone and we just put like some videos on it and <laughs> we gave it to her for Christmas and it was hers? Uh-huh. And I thought about it, you know, initially I was like, that's a good idea, mom. But then I thought about it and I was like, well, 
She's never asked for it. Right. And we would be introducing... It's not so far off my, my, my position on Barbie, where it's like, well, if she ever really wants a Barbie, like, I, we can, I'm open to that, but I'm also not going to, you know, go out of my way to make it an option that she's aware of. Yeah, why take it and be like, here's a vice you didn't know about? Mm-hmm. It's just sort of, it's like, it's like saying, you know what we're going to get her this year? A mm-hmm. pack of cigarettes. Yeah. I mean, who knows? She might like it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So like she, yeah. you know, she won't know until she drives. Yeah. Um, so I don't get pestered about the about things that I worried about getting pestered about. I don't really have a good answer for why she doesn't have a little brother or a little sister. I don't have a I don't have a good answer for why mommy and daddy aren't married. Uh, really? Yeah. I mean, not. I mean, I have a I have plenty of answers, mm-hmm. but not an answer that satisfies her. Oh, okay. Uh, All right. Because she's like, hmm, I'm listening to all of your, I'm listening to your thoughts and reasons, mm-hmm. but I still don't see a reason to, you know, that's better than why don't you guys just get married? Like, okay, I hear all your things, but none of that seems to preclude you getting married. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hmm, well, I guess, you know, in a way you're, you're right. There isn't anything keeping mommy and daddy from getting married yeah. except for daddy. Well, <laughs> um, but, uh. <laughs> This episode of Roderick on the Line is brought to you by Squarespace. You can learn more about Squarespace right now by visiting squarespace.com. And hey, hey, listen, when you're ready to launch there, always remember, always use the offer code SUPERTRAIN, and that will save you 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain, Squarespace. Oh, there's so many things you can do with Squarespace. You guys, you can create a beautiful website to turn your cool idea into a new site. You can showcase your work. You can blog or publish other kinds of content, text and what have you. You can sell products and services of all kinds, promote your physical or online business. Hey, confidential to every restaurant, please get rid of your Flash website from 2005 and get a Squarespace site. Squarespace, I want to be able to see it on a phone. That's a freebie. They can just run with that. You can announce your events, your special projects, so much more. And you know what? Hey, you can even run a a, a podcast right on Squarespace. You know how I know? Because I'm doing it right now. You are listening to Roderick on the Line. Hello. And that is because of Squarespace. We host all of Roderick on the Line on Squarespace. Lock, stock, and as they say, barrel. Squarespace. So Squarespace does this by giving you so many things. I have a whole bulleted list here, so so hang on to your pants. You get beautiful templates that are created by world-class designers. This is true. Powerful e-commerce functionality that lets you sell anything online. The ability to customize the look and feel, settings, products, and more. Just a few clicks. Everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box. Your site is going to look great on any dingus or device out there. Who doggies is this ever great? Squarespace also has a new way to buy domains. You can choose from over 200 extensions. They have analytics that help you grow in real time. Built-in search engine optimization, also known as SEO. Mm -hmm, Built-in. Free and secure hosting. Nothing to patch or upgrade ever. Plus, uh, on top of it all, 24 by 7 award-winning customer support. You ain't going to probably need any help, but if you do, they got it, 24 by 7. So go out and make it. They're encouraging people to go out and make it. You make it yourself. You create a website by yourself with Squarespace. Well, I mean, technically, it's with you and Squarespace. But, you know, they're there to help you out with that. You know, and uh, this is that time of year, you know, when I want to be sure to mention that I... I can't promise you Squarespace is perfect for everybody. Maybe you've got some kind of dingling website you're really happy with, but I can pretty much guarantee you there is someone in your life somewhere. You have friends, you have family, you have people at the different groups you're involved with. Maybe you're a Wiccan. I don't know. But somebody out there needs a website. And you do not want to be the person who is making the Wiccan website. You want to send them to Squarespace. Anybody can do it. It doesn't have to be Wiccan. You know, they seem like nice people. You know, you think it, you dream it, you make it. With Squarespace. Squarespace.com. So go right now, please. Go to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, use the very special offer code SUPERTRAIN to take 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. Our thanks to Squarespace for supporting Roderick on the Line and all the great shows. (laughs) (laughs) Apart from that. (laughs) But but we've also established that ignoring daddy is certainly one of the things that we do in this family. Oh, brother. So, <sighs> but I'm lucky. I don't know. The, uh, I mean, in some ways, though, it's not so different from the cat thing, where I pushed back on the cat thing for years. Because, mm-hmm. you know, I don't know. I mean, I was acting like a real 50s dad, where I was like, no, like, 
We're not going to get this thing because it's cute. You can't even keep track of your purple space pen. Like, we're not going to just go get this thing because it's cute. Like, th- think of this more like adding a new member to the family. Like, you know, and I, 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 unfortunately, for once in my entire life, why did I have to be right about this? It has been very costly to have this animal. It has been a huge pain in the ass. We love the cat, but it has been, like, we... We got sold a bill of goods on this cat. Like she was sold to us as like, oh, you know, she's six or seven, and she's fine. We just had her checked out. Mm-hmm. Bullshit, bullshit, <laughs> bullshit, bullshit. We have, we are. I don't want to tell you what we spent on this cat, but we've had four teeth removed. That's just one thing. Oh. The cat, the cat has had uh, a, an echocardiogram. I think it's called an echocardiogram. She's had heart work yeah. done. She's had a lot done. She, we have to get her ears, all the junk scooped out of her ears regularly. Oh, ear junk! But like, they I think it's, a, I think it, um, sir, I think it's electrocardiogram. <laughs> She's had some kind of cardiogram. All I'm telling you, these yeah. people bullshit. And so they, oh yeah, we had her checked out, and I'm like, mm-hmm, yeah, well, you know, the vet that just gave us this four-figure bill a month after we got her would make me think maybe she wasn't quite so checked out. Six uh, years old, my ass. Our, this cat's easily ten. She doesn't do anything. Oh, really? Yes, but but you a, love her. We yes, we've decided. I've decided I love her. The other two do love her very, very much. I like her a lot. No, I do. I, I she's fine. Uh, but you know, I think when you go into that, you have to be prepared for the worst. I hate to sound like some kind of like, you know, flyover state evangelical here, but like life is precious in God and the Bible. Like you get the yeah, cat you right. get, you know, you don't go to war with the Rumsfeld that you like. It's just, it's just the cat that you get. You don't get upset. Yeah. And so then yep. you just say like, this is part of our family. This is, we, we do what we need to do to take care of this. We're giving this cat a good life. We took it away from its lying owners that it had before <laughs> and it doesn't get beat up by the other mean cat. It doesn't get, it by me, get beat up by mean cat anymore. So, and so you're saying that this cat is effectively like you bought a muff mm-hmm. and the muff just sits and costs money. Yes. Imagine you got like a very costly muff that has to have teeth removed every once in a while. And then occasionally just at three in the morning for no reason, it goes, up to, up to 13 times I've counted. I think that that's actually the signal that a, a, a nuclear war is uh, imminent. It's a caxon. Or, uh, um, uh, did I say nuclear or nuclear? <laughs> nuclear. But you walked right over my klaxon joke. Uh, it was a good klaxon joke. That's a good, joke. good joke. But she, my daughter has a National Geographic book she got out of the library at school about cats. So now she's schooling me on a lot of things. She says the reason that Savvy grinds her teeth uh, is because she hangs, has anxiety. Uh, and the reason that she's meowing, she's lonely at night, and she wants people to hang out with. That's why she meows at night. She's lonely. Yeah, she's got a lot of lot of lot of scientific reasons. Oh, and she's also she keeps rereading me the part about how you introduce a second cat to the house. And I said, you know what? I'm pretty good on that. Pretty good. Yes, I know. Well, we take uh, carrier goes in the bathroom. You close the door. You have to treat them equitably. Um. That's all very interesting stuff. So she knows about Dark Dark Vader, but she's not begging for screen time. Nope, she does. She's never seen a Dark Vader movie. She just knows that Dark Vader is cool. But she's, she's at never, an age she, where she's gonna be. I mean, like my kid is pretty super deeply infused in popular culture. But like I see, like like today, I was just when we went for the ukulele share out today. Uh, you know, there's kids who are do, doing their Pokemon cards. Everybody's wearing Minecraft yep. shirts. Like she's got to be surrounded by kids who are getting much more of that stuff than she is. I'm guessing. She is. She I guess perce- what I'm saying she doesn't feel left out. It sounds like. What her perception is, and I, this is a perception that she has derived from from school entirely. I have never influenced this at all. If in fact I've worked to influence it in the opposite direction, but she feels like Pokemon and Minecraft and uh, a lot of these sort of uh, consumer uh, like uh, games and toys that are based on buying something or interacting with a machine or in some other way collecting things that those are boy games oh interesting okay and she's interested in like pokemon as a concept yeah as a as like a character that has a narrative Mm -hmm. but when you think about it those things don't really have a narrative there's not exactly a pokemon narrative it's Mm. just like collect them all yeah uh they all have backstories but it's not like there's a it's not like they're participating in a story mm-hmm. and minecraft is an extension of legos and she's only now fully getting into legos because before 
she would take the Legos and only put them together at the very minimum amount that she could start constructing a narrative around it. Oh, that is super interesting. Yeah, she'd put three Legos together and she'd be like, this is the house. And then she'd put another Lego on top of another Lego and she'd say, this is the car. Wow. And, And I was like, well, hey, why don't we build, you know, like we could actually build a house that has rooms. And she's like, I don't think you heard me. This is the house. And I'm like, I cannot interrupt you, you know, like by all means. So only now is she starting to actually build structures where she's like, this is the garage and this is the bedroom and so forth. Um, And so Minecraft isn't a thing that she has sought because like Legos themselves are still just part of like her building a narrative. Mm -hmm. And so for her, the only interesting toys and, uh, and like things are ones that she can adopt or she can either adopt into a narrative that she's constructing or she can build a narrative around them. Right. And little things and gizmos. And I think she, I think movies even for her. And this is, you know, honestly, this is how my mind works too. Like consuming media has always been a problem for me based on, I think, the idea of like, well, why would I want to watch somebody else's imagination play? Yeah, out? yeah, yeah. No, I, I, that makes sense. You know, why wouldn't I just follow my own imagination? If I can make a movie in my head, why would I want to go watch somebody else's movie? Yeah, absolutely. And so her, I think she's doing, I mean, you know, she's pretty much like, you know, because now she's at an age where I can say, well, she, she comes out and she's like, and I can say, you know what? Here's an idea. Why don't we go to our rooms? Mm. I'll go to my room and you can go to your room and you can play and I'll play. And then later on, we'll come play because the way she wants to play with me is she wants to play Kung Fu, mm-hmm. which is Kung Fu is jump on daddy and try to kick him in the balls. Okay. Okay. That's the, that's, that's how, con, that's how Kung Fu works. And so daddy doesn't always want to play Kung Fu because mm, no. da- daddy gets injured in Kung Fu and you know, and she's six and a half. I can't really fight back. Yeah. You know, um, so I just get beat up. Oh, uh, so, but. All, all by way of saying, it, everything that she's interested in is narrative play, and there's not a ton of, not even the ton of, like, what I used to play, which was, like, war. Mm-hmm. Like, my narr- narrative play with other kids was always, like, you are the bad guys, and I am the good guy, or vice versa. Hmm. Does she play that, like that at school, think, too? Does I don't she... think she... Does she have allies that will play like that at school with her? Yeah, but it's a constant, you know, it's a constant thing uh, where I think the other little girls also feel like they don't want Marlo to just establish what the narration is. Oh, that's that's so, a, that's a constant battle. And I mean, that's really the basis of what makes play so interesting as an observer is how much negotiation is going on about what the terms of this play are. Yep. Yep. And her little friends sometimes become, you know, she's got a little group where she says, well, my friends are Aiden, 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 and Aiden, but mm-hmm. Aiden is not my friend. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I go, why is Aiden not your friend? Well, because Aiden is mean. But then two days later, she's like, well, I was playing with Aiden, and I'm like, oh, you're friends with Aiden now? Mm-hmm. Oh, Aiden's the best. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Those alliances shift very quickly. They That's do, and I think that, I think it's a lot to do with who is currently resisting her uh, like implementation of a narrative and who is currently like, yeah, okay, I'll be the, I'll be the it. fireman and you be the dog or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's got, she's got, you know, her little boyfriend is Graham. Okay. Is that okay and to say? she says, yeah. And okay. she says, Graham is her boyfriend. Okay. And I really approve because I think Graham is beautiful. Mm. I think he's a beautiful. I think he's a beautiful boy. He's beautiful looking, and he's beautiful. He's just wonderful inside. He's a very sensitive young person who has a lot of connection to his feelings. Oh, the that's nice. Time, that's the, a nice influence. It's nice. The first time I met him, it was in a group of little boys, and I was going around, and I was like, "Okay, you're Aiden, and you're Aiden, and mm-hmm, you're Aiden." Mm-hmm. And then it came to Graham, and he he held out his hand. And some little boy in the group said, call him Graham Cracker. Mm. And Graham looked me in the eye and he said, please don't call me Graham Cracker. 
And I, I love said, Graham already. I said, Graham, you are guaranteed that I will never, ever, ever call you Graham Cracker. And he was like, mm-hmm. And so he and she decided a long time ago that they were boyfriend and girlfriend, and they both agree to it. Wow. And it does not seem to have, that doesn't seem to change. It, that alliance never breaks. Hmm. And she will say things like, well, you know, Graham does like to play uh, Pokemon and war. And that's fine. Um, but uh, Graham is Superman and I am Supergirl when it's time to play superheroes. And I just so she's every, really already reached the level of somebody who's been married for 15 years. She's reached a level of accommodation. Like as mm-hmm. long as he's still willing to be Superman to me, he can go out, run off and do his war. Right. And he will occasionally, and I get the feeling maybe a little bit against his will, but he accommodates her mm-hmm. by sometimes being the dad or the dog or whatever she decides he is uh, <laughs> in her own narration. <laughs> And but Aiden they don't do what, and, what's the what's the martial arts thing you two do? They don't do kung fu. I they don't, don't do think. kung fu. Okay, good, good. But I don't get the sense that any of the Aidens will are are interested at all in her narrative play. You know, if if she's like you're the dog, they say I'm the Dark Vader dog, mm-hmm. and she's like that's not what I'm. That's not the game. And they're like see ya, mm-hmm. and they swing off on their little boy vines and and kick each other. So anyway, I so I feel like, you know, like when she's when she's 30, I hope she's still I hope Graham is still around because I think he's great. And I think and I like Graham's parents. Oh, um, see, we talked about this a few episodes ago, probably back in November. But uh, mm-hmm. I boy, I, I'm often wanting to set things up where I'm really hoping like, boy, you should, don't you want to hang out with her? She seems pretty cool. That's a pretty cool little kid. She looks you in the eye and shakes your hand. Uh huh. Uh huh. And sometimes you try and force that, and they're and yes. they're like, nah, not not really into it. Mm-hmm. Get it on the wrong day. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, the the one thing currently, because we just went to play yesterday at someone's house she'd never played at before, and I said, she said I made a new friend, and I said, oh, who's your new friend? And it was like Aiden, mm-hmm. uh, except it's, a, it's Aiden's all the way down. It's Aiden's all the way down, and this is girl Aiden. Okay. And I said, oh, where did you meet her? And she said, oh, she's in my class. And I said, what do you mean you made a new friend? There's only 20 people in your class. Didn't you play yes. with her before? And she said, no, I never really played with her. Wow. And I, so my, I, my daughter still doesn't know the name of everybody in her class. Yeah, isn't that crazy? And, and I thought it was just her. Like, I mean, I know I'm bad with names, but damn, when I was 10, I knew everybody. I knew the name of every person in my grade. Well, I feel like I know every kid in her class. Yeah. But she's like, no, I never just... And I said, and so I'm curious about alliances. And I said, mm-hmm. well, who are Aiden's friends? And she said, oh, she kind of plays with Aiden and Aiden. Yeah, but not the other Aiden. Yeah. But not the other Aiden and not with me. Ugh. And I said, who are the friends who cross the border? Uh-huh. And she said, oh, well, Mila, but Mila plays with everybody. Okay. And, and I swear to you, I love Mila, too. That may not Mila, be a compliment, though. Mila, no, no, no. Mila is the ultimate peacemaking. Because the thing is, everybody wants to play with Mila because she's fascinating. So she could be like a, a dog or a nurse or a horse or a chair. She could be whatever's, whatever's needed for the uh, play situation. Whatever, but she also is someone who, if she decides that she's going to skip two rings on the rings, uh-huh. she will do it until her hands are bleeding. Oh, I like Mila. She's fantastic. And she's just like, and I like Mila's parents too. Mm. But Mila is one where if a kid is crying, Mila will go find out what's wrong and will comfort the child. And she'll skip rings. She, she's going to skip two rings. She's a utility kills. player. Wow. Well, and, and everybody, all, you know, when Mila's trying to skip two rings, there's a crowd because they want to see it. They want to see it too. And oh, they could know be a NASCAR she's going to situation. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but also, lately, Mila has been experiencing some uh, uh, separation anxiety when her mom leaves the school in the morning. Oh, no. And I saw this fantastic thing the other day, which was that it was time for Mila's mom to leave. And, you know, Mila's mom does the thing where she hangs around. Whereas, you know, I would say the first time it happened, I'd be like, well, that's the way the cookie crumbles. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, Mila's mom is like, oh, well, I don't want to leave either. But so Mila was having a little separation anxiety and all the kids huddled around her and like petted her hair and whispered to her and told her it was fine. And this is not a thing that would have happened in my school when I was a kid. Um, and they're just right. like so caring of one another. So that photo I sent you at uh, Ukulele Share Out, that's, mm-hmm. that's Ellie on the right. And that's a friend of hers on our left who just got over chicken pox. Poor thing. She was out for a week. She's very much mm-hmm. that kid. The, the girl in like the pinkish like sweatshirt. So yeah. you know you recognize Ellie on the right. So that's a really good friend of hers who's exactly like that. Like she will not only it's not like she walks up and goes, Are you okay? Like she will walk up to a little kid and speak quietly to the little kid and yeah. like try to comfort and soothe the kid on their own terms. She's a genuinely high quality child. I, I think that stuff is just lovely. And and it's rare. So we're we're at this play date. How many boys you know that do that? Well, you know, I maybe think Graham, that they're maybe actually... Graham, don't call him Graham Cracker, Graham, but, yeah. Graham would do it. Graham would do it. Mm-hmm. But so we're at a play date yesterday with her new friend who's been in her school for two years and is in her class. This is, and I'm this just is like, Aiden, and the girl Aiden? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I'm like, tell me more about her. And she's like, well, you know, she's yeah. got little brother, and we had we drew rainbows, and hmm. uh, we drew rainbows and unicorns. And I'm like, sweetie, I don't, you know, like, I don't want to be the one to tell you, but I have to, yeah. that's a peg, that's a Pegasus. Mm-hmm. And oh. she said, it's a unicorn. And I said, sweetie, it doesn't have a horn. It has wings. And she said, it's a unicorn. And I was like, unicorn it is, mm-hmm. but I'm, but I'm not going to budge on this baby. That's a Pegasus. But I guess they talk about unicorns a lot and they do not talk about Pegasi. Oh, no, 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 no. You don't, you're not going to hear about a chimera or a manticorn or, or any of that stuff. <laughs> they just don't come up. I feel like I'm going to have to give her the monster manual. I gave her a book about, she's very into old stuff, ancient stuff. I gave her a mythology, it wasn't a bullfinches, but I got her an illustrated mythology book that I was kind of hoping she'd get a bite on, but she hasn't bitten yet. I do that a lot. I, I sneak books in. Yeah, it's, me too. I'm about one for five on sneaking books in. Um, but uh, I think we get her too many books. She reads a lot of books, but we probably get her too many. She does have stuff she hasn't read. But yeah, I do try to sneak those in. Lord of the I, Rings I, took, I keep... Lord of the Rings took, Hobbit took. The, the girls read, I still have not read either of those books, but they read it together. They've read every Harry Potter book together. She's read all a series of unfortunate events. Um, yeah. Re- I kept re- trying reading to get... She's got. Be- Beatrix Potter, I kept trying to get into her shelf, and she just wasn't into it. But I did start reading her uh, Rudyard Kipling Just So story. <laughs> really? Are those because, problematic? Well, so I just changed the problematic parts. Oh, okay. And the thing is that she can read. So she's reading over my shoulder, mm-hmm. but she doesn't correct me when I, you know, when I take out the... You know, mm-hmm. whatever he like his little stuff where he's like, and then the little jigaboo bull baby. Say, and you're he, like, I'm guessing he has problematic <laughs> problematic nouns. Guessing uh, there are there are a couple of stories which are just deeply problematic from the beginning, <laughs> which are his sort of white man's burden stories. But <laughs> you think this is hard for you? You think this is hard? Do you have any idea what I'm going through? I'm white, and I have to be yeah. here taking care of you. Yeah. Yeah. He's got he's got he's got a couple, but I grew up having those stories read to me because oh, okay. as you know, I was raised by Victorians. <laughs> and so like the things that I had, all the all the books that uh were on my shelves as a kid all had swastikas on them because they were all <laughs> they were all published in 1895. <laughs> uh when <laughs> <What>? like, <laughs> Indian swastikas. Yeah, Indian swastikas okay, where it was just <laughs> It was kind. just an yeah. it was just an emblem the counterclockwise that, kind, yeah. That conveyed it was an emblem that conveyed exotic, uh, you know, like Orientalism, rather than uh, it was pre pre Nazi backwards swastikas. But so I were I was read all that stuff, you know how the how the rhinoceros got its plates and the cat that walked by its wild loan, and uh, and so I could not not read those things to her. I just have to take out. Yeah, I, it's just like taking the the um, like the Belgian Congo issues of Tintin out of the shelves, 
and anyone where Tintin interacts with anyone from Asia. Oh, we just mainly happened. know the movie. I've never read the uh, the comics. We have all the books. When I was when I was a kid, does he, does he really go I, to the moon in one of those? He does. That's in cool. fact, we have a we have a giant poster on her wall of Tintin going to the moon. And but the but it's a copy of the the uh, the Belgian cover, so it's in French. Um, because when I was a kid, I had the Tintin books, but they were all in French, and so I couldn't. And, and had swastikas on. I couldn't read the story. <laughs> my father's book plate. <laughs> because I inherited them from my great uncle Al, mm-hmm. who uh, and uh, uh, and we and I called him Aberdabber. Mm-hmm. Oh, and Aberdabber, name. yeah, Aberdabber would sit me on his knee, and he would tell me stories of World War One. Uh, when I was little, and Aberdabber was already an old man, and so didn't always know what the appropriate stories to tell about World War One were. But he was, <laughs> he was yes, a, you know, a junior officer in the American Expeditionary Force, and he had lots of tales of being in France and all the Can Can girls, and then occasionally he had to throw some grenades over As the I top. As I held his liver in my hand. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he was a donkey, he, but he was a tough one. <laughs> that's right. Well, they were they were the Gurkhas. They came from India. Uh, and uh, and he had all the Tintin books in that were from Belgium that were all in French, and I was given access to them. But uh, but it was all like I, I had to piece together the stories, and we give her the Tintin books in English. Uh-huh. But we definitely call the ones that are like Tintin goes to China, and they're always be all these, you know, like little coolies that are like, oh, oh so, and it's just like, no, yeah, yeah, we yeah, can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. no, I can't, sorry. But most of them, like she's going to the moon. I mean, Captain Haddock is a drunk. Oh, in the movie, and, yeah, he's 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 real. He's a real dangerous character. Well, and even in the, I mean, even more so in the books, he's like always hiding liquor bottles in, in hollowed out Bibles and stuff. And when I read the books to her, you know, I'm always reading Haddock as like, he's Andy Serkis in the movie. Not surprising. Oh, really? Yeah. (laughs) But how do you, how do you deal with like, well, sometimes you just got to plow through it. And other times if it, if it's something that's really just gross and unnecessarily, unusefully, unnarratively useful, just racist bullshit. You got to just cut it out. But sometimes, okay, so one of our go-tos, my wife, uh, whom, whom you've met, it, she yeah. is generally the reader at night. Um, <laughs> I'm, I'm the reader at other times. But when we do read, I, I probably should read to her more at this time, but that's, that's, some, that's their time. But um, I don't know how quite this started. But I was remembering stories from a, a child's humor book. It was Bennett Cerf's House of Laughter. It was just, all it was was just edited by Bennett Cerf. But it was just a bunch of humor stories. It included one by James Thurber called The Night the Bed Fell. And um, I ended up going to iBooks and buying this giant collection of Thurber short fiction. And we've read all of, what's this, what's this, I forget what the name of it is, but the one that's all his recollections of being a child and young person in Columbus, Ohio. Did you ever read The Night the Bed Fell? No. But like, here, here's an example. Do you mind if I just read you? Like, you don't want to cut this Please. out. It happened then that my father, this is the second paragraph of the story. It happened then that my father had decided to sleep in the attic one night. And this is how I read it, like very breezily. I'm walking around, I'm reading. <laughs> it happened then that my father decided to sleep in the attic one night to be a way where he could think. My mother opposed the notion strongly because, she said, the old wooden bed up there was unsafe. It was wobbly, and the heavy headboard would crash down on father's head in case the bed fell and kill him. There was no dissuading him, however, and at a quarter past ten, he closed the attic door behind him and went up the narrow, uh, twisting stairs. We later heard ominous creakings as he crawled into bed. Grandfather, who usually slept in the attic bed when he was with us, had disappeared some days before. On these occasions, he was usually gone six or eight days and returned growling and out of temper with the news that the Federal Union was run by a passel of blockheads and that the Army of the Potomac didn't have any more chance than a fiddler's bitch. (laughs) I love James Thurber! And it's so fun to read. The Army of the Potomac didn't have any more chance than a fiddler's bitch. (laughs) <laughs> and I had so to go look good. up what that meant. But, and he's right uh, about the Army of the Potomac. Oh, but this is all, he's a character that keeps coming up. Grandfather is, um, I don't know, what does one say? He's delusional. And 
right. some days he thinks it's still the war. <laughs> anyway, these kinds of things are so fun. Now, there's one. It's a wonderful story, but it's the one that I have the most. Like, mm, I'm not so sure about this. I, what is it called? It's the one with all the maids in it. A Sequence of Servants is very funny. When I look back on the long list of servants my mother hired during the years I lived at home, I remember clearly 10 or 12 of them. And it's all these, you know, and he's doing black maids in a black maid voice. And I, yeah. I struggle with how to do it because, and so I generally try to steer away from this particular one. But the one about the flood, the flood that never happened when the dam broke, but it hadn't actually broken. It's just, I'm sorry, I don't know why I'm going off. I'm just sharing this. I, I, I. Check out James Thurber. It's very fun to read with a kid. Because the language is so musical, and he's, he's such a... I don't know, I just love his style. I, I, I crave stuff like that. Fiddler's I do, bit. too. And I don't... I feel like a lot, of the, a lot of the material that's written for kids today are kind of like the cartoons. Not, I'm not talking about, like, uh, Adventure Time, but, like, the, the mainstream cartoons that are made that, that seem like mostly uh, they're designed to sell figures figurines i feel like there is a decided lack of actual material in them there's a lot of talking a lot mm -hmm. of fast talking and people are like oh my god here she comes what is she doing oh the, the, let's sto go. the story beats are the story beats are pretty simple and plain Super plain. Yeah. But there's so much noise, so much strum and drong about like <sighs> she, she loves stuff like Gumball and Teen Titans Go, and there's just screaming is just a huge part of every episode. There's there's lots of screaming. Yeah. And and I have always felt like, look, we want we want stories, not just not just characters with unnaturally large heads and eyes who are screaming at each other. <laughs> you don't want brat stalls. I don't at all. I don't, don't want, want them anywhere around. I don't. I do not prefer it. I do not want the brat dolls even to be in her mind. I know, um, because like they're little, they're dolls for children that are wearing garter belts. Yeah. Uh, so, so I do keep coming back to these stories of old, uh, where you know, but in the stories of old, like children's stories from when I was growing up, it's like, and then the dog died. And the worms ate him. Hmm. It's like, wow, that's, I don't remember it being so hard. Like, so I remember crying at where the red fern grows. They're like Watership Down. Uh, old Yeller. Oh, I mean, God, there, Old Yeller killed me. There's a lot of sad stories yeah. for little kids. And she, I have, I've never showed her Bambi because she still covers her eyes when people yell at each other. Oh, I don't, yeah. and oh, she's, yeah. the thing is, she's aware of Bambi. She's asked me. What happened to Bambi's mom? Yeah. And I'm like, what happened to Bambi's mom? What are we where did this come from? And I feel like she's either she's heard about Bambi's mom or maybe she was at some friend's house and she saw some Bambi. But she's like, what happened to Bambi's mom? And I'm like, uh, Bambi's mom died. Mm -hmm. She's like, how did Bambi's mom died? And I say, well, baby's mm -hmm. mom died, and she died in a fire. Baby's mom Maybe was game, sweetheart. Yeah, it's pretty bad. <laughs> she was um, a game deer. <laughs> and you know, she didn't want to watch Dumbo because Dumbo. there's so much I sadness cannot. The, the, in Dumbo. The, the, the trunk coming through the oh, that's rough. Believe you me. Mm -hmm. So I'm, and I often start to read a story to her, and then about three quarters of the way through, I'm like, oh no. We've been leading up to a tragedy that I had forgotten. And I'm bumbling along like up a dee dee da and then the then the little bugs went into oh dear, they went into the the furnace. Oh dear. Um <laughs> so but I want you to tell me. Yeah. I want you to give me some advice. Uh -huh. I'm I she's very interested in the Harry Potter universe. And I want to start reading her Harry Potters. Is that acceptable for a seven-year-old? And uh, do I start at the start? Uh, the second part is absolutely. Just because they, it's much lighter. They're 11 years old in the first one. Mm -hmm. And it's it's much it's it gets pretty heavy after the really kind of but definitely starting with the third book it gets the stakes get a lot higher and it gets a lot creepier and by the end it is it is well and truly like very scary um, well I would suggest 
I know you've, you've read some. Did you read it in the hold of a ship at some point? Didn't you read some? I, I read all of the Harry Potter books that were extant in 2000. I would say, what I would say is, for yourourself, just go and get Philosopher, get Sorcerer's Stone and um, read the, you know, the first chapter to, to yourself and see what you think about it. But uh, it's really quite good. And great to read with a kid. I mean, I'm saying something that's so silly. It's like saying, well, I don't know. You think my my curious kid who likes to build things will like Legos? And I'm like, mm, I probably. <laughs> it's and No, it's really, it's really, a, I mean, it gets the plaudits that it gets because it, it actually is really good and fun and, and pretty great for a kid. And like I say, this the world building in the first one is so fun. It's, you know, it's not a short book, but, like, you'll know by the end if she's going to be into this. Though You might know in the first chapter, by the time they get to Hogwarts, like, the world building is, is pretty terrific. I mean, just, just even, like, getting to the train platform and all that, and Hagrid and London and all that, it's, it's so fun. I uh, I think maybe so, one anyway, of the my, things... My, that... short, my short advice is, go and you personally, re- maybe out loud to yourself when no one is home, start reading the first chapter see if, see if you like it but also if there's okay. anything there that really curls your hair i think she's what is she's seven yeah well six and a half six and three quarters i mean you know it's it's up to judgment but like i i imagine you'd be fine yeah i the the thing maybe i worry about the most is that when i was young you know i was born on friday the 13th oh boy and when i was a kid other kids ascribed to me magic. I was I was thought of as a little bit of a like a kid sorcerer, hmm. which I loved. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't a thing that I encouraged. It was like um, it was I was born on Friday the thirteenth, and then there's something about me that seems like maybe a kind of a uh, young magic user. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But as I grew older, I started to think of myself as actually being some kind of magic. You thought uh, about conjuring user. an orb. I thought about it all the time. Mm-hmm. And it was, um, it was for sure. I don't think it was a problem, but it did occupy a lot of my imagination and there was always a tinge of disappointment to it that I wasn't actually magic, uh, that I couldn't actually like create spooky action at a distance. And it doesn't. Jones the thing is that realization doesn't land on you in one day. It, it begins right. with doubt. But it like, still, isn't there still some some you're weighing doubt versus hope that there is still something here? In my case, that I could like move something or like read a mind or something like that. You're still right. kind of like, maybe, or oh, is there evidence to show the next car that comes along will be blue? And you're like, ah, oh, got that one right. Like, there's, yeah. I might be better at this than I realize. <laughs> and and for sure, it feels like a thing. Oh, maybe it's like puberty. Yes. I'll Just come like in with the X Men. That's when mutants mostly discover their uh, mm-hmm. uh, curse or ability, depending on how you look at it. And yeah, and that's kind of, I think, maybe what my, uh, what my, feeling what when i was introduced to x-men where there was a little bit of bitterness about it where i was like oh yeah, yeah great sure so you can kill people with your cold hands mm-hmm. but i can't even conjure an orb which seems like small <laughs> you're asking so little yeah yeah i don't want to kill anybody no i just want to like i just want to make some fire i would like something round to appear where it wasn't before is that too much yeah. to ask Hold out my hand. I would sit and do it. Hold out my hand. Come on, come on. Well, you could. So I'm not <laughs> in this three thousand dollars suit. You could, but you could even like put your hands out there and like imagine in this area between my two hands like this. This is where it will appear. I can almost feel it. Little fucking orb is all I'm asking. All I'm asking. Mm. And so I don't know if I want to introduce to her the idea that there are magic kids and non-magic kids, and the non-magic kids are sucky. Like muggles, mm. and the magic kids are magic, and they can fly on brooms and they can conjure orbs, because it just because I remember feeling disappointment about it, and that wasn't even that wasn't even we didn't even have Harry Potter, I was just making that disappointment up in my own head, because well, I was born on Friday know, the Thirteenth. There's so many ugly, ugly racist terms in in Harry Potter. You you know mud blood. Uh, you know Mm-mm. one that's awful is if you're if you're the child. Well, you could be a grown-up now, but you're at least one or po- possibly both of your parents 
Uh, we're wizards, but you're not. You know what you're called? Oh, no. A squib. Ugh. Isn't that sad? You can have wizard parents and not inherit wizardism? Yeah, well, so, like, in the case of Harry, both of his parents were wizards. Both Harry and, or, um, uh, what was his father's name? But Lily and... Don't email me. But uh, they were both, uh, I think his name's Scott. I think his father's name is Scott. Anyway, uh, both of Harry's parents uh, were, that's going to drive me crazy now, were wizards. Hermione, uh, only one of her parents was a wizard, so she's called oh. a mudblood. James, James Potter. Cut that out. James and James and Lily Potter. Um, and then, so mudblood is what, uh, is what uh, a terrible Slytherin kid, uh, what's his name? Draco uh, Malfoy. Yeah. But then you got somebody, you got these characters, you got like Filch, like the guy who like works, uh, uh, that wonderful British actor who, uh, who plays like the, the kind of like the janitor at Hogwarts. He's a squib. <clears throat> squib. A squib. You can still be in the community, but everyone's like, <clears throat> squib. These are tough words. Argus Filch, known as, he's known as a squib. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ah, these are tough, tough words. I mean, I, this is what I worry about. Like, I, I don't want to introduce all these like um all this social hierarchy because she's developing yes social hierarchy on her own and i don't need it i don't need her to suddenly say that nino is a squib or, yes, a, mudblood. or a mudblood yeah i totally agree i totally agree so i don't know it's t- it's tricky yeah you know i i i feel like you probably could wait another year but you know yeah. she's probably a little young but as long as you don't jump straight into like third fourth book that's when it gets creepy well, and so what about the Hobbit? I'm trying to remember. There's a lot of scary shit. There's the ogres. There's the Nazgul. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't read it. Uh, they read it. Did they read it before Lord of the Rings? I don't remember. Oh, wait. Are there na- Nazguls or Nazguls or whatever? The, I don't know. Are they in the Hobbit or do they just appear in the Lord of the Rings? Nazgul. There's a dragon. There's there's. I think there are wood elves. One person who listens to this show who is losing his mind near Boston right now. There's uh, not school. I think that's from Star Wars. You're thinking there's there's Tom Bombadil. Tom Bombadil, who's not in the movies. There's um, people got theories about Tom Bombadil. I have a lot of theories about him. I think it's a I think it's a freaking crime that he's not in the movies. You think he's He's a bad guy? One is he a bad guy? No, I think he's. I think he's the oldest. Okay. I think he's like the oldest one. Oh, he's pre-ring. Uh, I think so. <laughs> I think he's. I think he's. Uh, I think he's like. He's super old. I learned that wizards are angels. I learned that from a video. I don't. I. That's not true at all. You should watch CGP Grey. Has some very good videos about the uh, Lord of the Rings mythos, and it gave me a nice cheat sheet so that I could talk to my family and not sound like a total idiot. I don't think that they are angels. I reject that. Nazgul you know, is also I, known as Ringwraiths, the Nine, the Fallen Ringwraiths. Kings, Black Riders, Nunbolg, or Ulari. Yep. yep, yep, yep. The dreaded Ring Servants. Oh, so, so these are a lot like, uh, uh, these are like, uh, oh shit, who are the guys who, uh, who, um, uh, 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 guard Azkaban? The, uh, Dementors. They're a little like Dementors. I don't know what that is. You will. Um, but, Dementors, uh, but, yeah, yeah, you're, you, boy, you're gonna love this. Yeah, a wraith, I love men. a wraith. They were king. They were kings of men mm-hmm. who uh, were. Uh, they were once given men, great kings of, of men. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Nine then, rings, blinded by the greed, took without question. That's right. And then Sauron got inside their heads, and Ooh, then we don't like uh, him. Look at him now. Aragorn. Aragorn's not the guy from the Matrix, right? That's um, no. Ar- Aragorn Strider. Is Aragorn the guy that was married to uh, Exene? That's, I don't, uh, is it Viggo Mortensen? Is that who that is? I don't accept that uh, either. M- Mytho- I don't, don't think... It's part of the mythos? Yeah, Eric Horn used to be married to Exine Cervanka. Viggo Mortensen. Uh, he did? Yeah, they were married until like relatively recently. Post-John Doe. What? I know, what? right? Hugo Weaving is the guy from The Matrix who plays an elfin man in this. Yep, 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 yep. And I, and I do support Hugo that. Hugo Weaving? Is that his name? I don't know. Yeah, Agent He's Smith. The, Mr. He's Anderson. The, um, Mr. Anderson. Mr. Guy. Anderson. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah. I support that, but I do not support. Yeah. Uh, I do not support the uh, the daughter of the um, of the the Aerosmith. Oh, I know who you mean. It's uh, I think that, uh, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah. Tylerson's her name. Meg, yeah, I Meg, think Meg Tylerson. I think her name Meg is Tylerson. I think yeah. she's a nice lady. I yes. like to. I like to see her, but I do not believe that she should. That was a. She was that good role in that inflated. thing you do. She was very good in that thing you do. I didn't see that. Oh, that's a good movie. Now, what about Kate Blanchett? You like her? I do like Kate Blanchett. She's great in, I she's wanna... great in that Thor movie, too. 
I want to see a whole movie about her, uh, like super, super fucking scary, cool elf lady. I'd like to see I, her and who's the lady from Orlando that's in the train movie? <clears throat> What's that woman's name? Uh, the lady it, looks like uh, David Bowie. What's her name? Oh, yeah, Tilda Swinton. I'd like to see Kate Blanchett and Tilda Swinton do some things together. Maybe a buddy movie. Haven't, haven't they already? Have they? It Let's feels like they should, they should do a kung fu movie. Uh-huh. <laughs> Happy New Year. <laughs> Ow. Ow. Just kick Andy Serkis in the balls for two hours. Shut up. <laughs> Shut up, Andy Serkis. <laughs>